Broadcasting live to New York, Bloomberg 1130, to Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 991, to Boston, Bloomberg 1200, to San Francisco, Bloomberg 960, to the country, Sirius XM Channel 119, and around the globe, the Bloomberg Radio Plus app at Bloomberg.com. This is Bloomberg Surveillance. Good morning, I'm Karen Moscow, and the opening bell brought to you by SEI. Imagine a global operating platform designed to deliver a differentiated and technologically rich investor experience. Find out how SEI can help you succeed at SEIC.com slash imagine. And stocks are higher at the open. The S&P 500 is up six-tenths percent or 11 points to 1943. Dow Jones Industrial Average up four-tenths percent or 71 points to 16,587. And the Nasdaq up nine-tenths percent or 40 points to 4598. Ten-year Treasury up 132nd. The yield 1.72 percent. Yield on the two-year 0.77 percent. NYMEX crude oil little changed at $33.75 a barrel. COMEX gold up half percent or $6.70 to 12.41 an ounce. The euro $1.0855. The yen 113.18. Tom and Mike. Thank you so much. Uh, Bloomberg surveillance from the nation's capital on a Super Tuesday from our news bureau in Washington. Good morning, 99.1 FM Washington. Bloomberg 1130 New York in Boston in San Francisco. And good morning across the south. What is it? Like the SEC, the Southern, the South, the Southeastern Conference, the Southeastern Conference, which is the fan. state of the nation. No, I'm not a football uh, fan, but anyways, it is the SEC like Super Tuesday. It would be nice, Mike, to know what the economy is actually doing. Well, so much attention uh, this Super Tuesday focused on the South and centered around the state of Georgia. Professor Rajiv Dawan at Georgia State University is the director of the Economic Forecasting Center there at the uh, Robinson School of Business in Atlanta. So he's sort of at the center of the uh, SEC primary universe, and we wanted to talk with him about what the economy is like there right now and why we are seeing people uh, so enthusiastic about someone like Donald Trump. Um, good morning to you, Professor Dawan. Uh, describe good the morning. economy of the Southeast and w- how it's playing out for people maybe on the lower socio uh, end of the socioeconomic scale. You know, the economy in the Southeast has a very big, you know, spectrum, like a broad spectrum. If you look at Texas, it's not doing very well now, and we all know it's because of the shale oil gas prices being down. And on the other hand, we have Florida and Georgia, which are doing very well because we didn't have the shale gas revolution. So we were insulated from it. So we are suffering from the global headwinds a little bit because we have the port activity, we have manufacturing over here, cars and autos, and we also have a lot of tourism. Well, we think uh, in in terms of the South often as a uh you know the the leftovers of the textile industry, that sort of thing. Uh, we don't focus as much on manufacturing. How inaccurate is the general view of the southern economy? You know, this was the view of the early 90s when the textile mills were being closed down and they were very big proportion of the manufacturing over here. But the manufacturing has changed quite a bit now. We have a lot more paper and pulp products, as we call the forestry. We also have a lot of food processing. And we also have a lot of uh, auto manufacturing plants, both here in Georgia, Alabama, South Carolina. I mean, you name it, they are here. So the foreign auto manufacturers have come and put up their base in the southeast of the U.S. because it's a right-to-work state and they don't have too much unionization. And when you start from scratch, you can have the more 
basic productivity results, you know. What is your take on the politics that we've observed, oh, in the last two weeks, even four weeks, across the Super Tuesday states? You witnessed it personally in Georgia. I understand major candidates populating Texas and moving on to some of the northern states as well. Your take on the politics, the polarity of the argument uh, as you look at a better economics in the South? Well, the thing is that we we tend to think that it's the blue-collar worker affected by the global demand and supply, the global hijinks in the manufacturing that's going to be the so-called Trump supporter or the other ones. But I think what I have felt it in the last few years, and I go around the country also making speeches, is that there is an angst among university-educated people, too. Because these days, when you get a university degree, there is no guarantee you're going to get a job. And you feel like you're getting outsourced to the other countries. And when that feeling comes in, any populist candidate who is coming up and telling you he's gonna do, he or she's going to do something is going to be a viable candidate. And that's what I'm feeling. You know, it's the solid middle class that's feeling that my kids may not have the same opportunities as I had because of the so-called globalization. What is uh, pay like? What is income inequality like in that? Re- I realize it's a very diverse region, from Virginia to Texas in the in the primaries today. But uh, in in general, is it uh, follow the same trend as the rest of the country, where pay seems to have stagnated and income inequality has widened significantly? I don't have the exact data, but I would say it's most probably most likely that. Maybe a little bit different here and there, like every state is a little bit different. What I'm saying to you is that that may have been the story 10 years ago, the income inequality between the blue-collar workers and the top one. But now it's the solid middle class that is very anxious. Their income gains are not enough to keep up with the way they want to live or the way they want to do their spending on their kids' education or other mm-hmm. things. And they're feeling that they don't have those resources. What's going on? What's wrong? You turn around and you all of a sudden say, the first scapegoat that comes to your mind is globalization. And I don't blame them. I'm not looking at the right. data. How much money did the U.S. corporations spend on their stock buybacks last year? In the last couple of years, more than a trillion each year. How much money have they spent, I'm a macroeconomist, on doing investment on information processing equipment and R&D and intellectual property? Less than that. And if we right. don't do investment, there's no jobs tomorrow. So that's the things that the middle class yeah, is feeling. Yeah. We have a stereotype of the expansion of the South, and it doesn't go back to Clark Gable and uh, gone with the wind, but even in the last 20 years, we carry our stereotypes. What is your singular message about what Atlanta has to do to compete? I mean, Atlanta is actually competing very well. The growth rate over here has been pretty good. It had a very big downturn after the Great Recession because we right. had a lot of overbuilding. We had a lot of, but you, you know, we were building 70,000 homes, and our job growth was not even 50,000. When I started in this business, the rule of thumb was that you build two homes, you build, you, you build one home for two jobs. You're building four to one at that point. 
So we had an overbuilding. We didn't have a price crash. We had an overbuilding crash. So it took a while for us to recover. Hospitality is our big driver over here. And, of course, we have the biggest airport and the Delta Airline. So we have to suffer from the gyrations of the global economy a lot more now than they did it 15, 20 years ago. Raji, thank you so much. Raji Dewan, uh, the Economic Forecasting Center uh, for the Mac Robinson College of Business, Georgia State uh, University. Mike, yeah. I know you brought uh, Dr. Uh, Dewan to us. That was really great. Yeah, uh, and today the, uh, the SEC primary, the states from the south voting in the uh, Super Tuesday primary, Alabama, Arkansas, Georgia. You're putting Vermont in Tennessee, there as well? Texas, and Virginia. We're going to leave Vermont uh, to, yeah. the, to the northeast in the maple syrup GM, primary. GM going opposite of some of the other Everybody else news. has come in strong. General Motors, February, U.S. auto sales are down 1.5%. The forecast was they would be up 5.1%. There's, there's like a weather thing going on in a presidential. It's hard you know, to, well, everybody else has, has been strong. Perhaps there was just a, a shift in market share during the yeah. month. Hard to tell. Uh, but we have seen an awful lot of cars sold so far. Michael McKee and Tom Keene in Washington, and we will be here tomorrow as well to pick up the debris. Many people looking for landslides for Clinton and Trump. Uh, futures, uh, the Dow rather, up 78. All right, time to check in now with Michael Barr and get the latest world and national headlines. Michael? Mike, Tom, thank you very much. Voters are heading to the polls today for the big Super Tuesday primaries and caucuses. Republican Donald Trump and Democrat Hillary Clinton enter today as frontrunners for their respective presidential nominations for the chance to build nearly an insurmountable lead. Democrat Bernie Sanders has already voted in his home state of Vermont. After a lot of deliberation, I know that Bernie Sanders here might not have used one vote. I was working on my wife, but I think I probably got two. Bloomberg will have non-stop Super Tuesday coverage throughout the night, starting with a special edition of With All Due Respect, starting at 5 p.m. Wall Street time. President Obama plans to sit down today with Senate Republican leaders who are vowing to block his Supreme Court nominee. The president says he will nominate a successor to late Justice Antonin Scalia within weeks. Attorney General Loretta Lynch is calling on tech companies and the government to find common ground. Lynch, in prepared remarks later today for the RSA Cybersecurity Conference in San Francisco, says we do have to be engaged in open dialogue so we can draw upon each other's resources. The speech comes after a California judge ruled that Apple should come up with software to hack into the iPhone of the San Bernardino shooter. The December incident left 14 people dead. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by our 2,400 journalists and more than 150 news bureaus from around the world. I'm Michael Barr. Mike, Tom? Michael Barr, thank you so much. Uh, good morning. Bloomberg 99.1 FM in Washington and nationwide this Super Tuesday. It's Bloomberg Surveillance. One of the big questions of this election year, how will Hispanics react to some of the things said on the campaign trail? Jose Parra is in the business of selling politicians to Hispanics. We'll ask him.